0: Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please, join your host, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word, and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language.
1: Welcome everybody to a more zen podcast today, uh given the state of affairs in the world and it being on fire because of the so-called Backstreet Boys concert tour. <laughs> yep, that's 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 the reason. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry I'm taking taking that one from Game Grumps I just couldn't resist it says so. <laughs> boys concert um,
2: tour with a new opening act the reunion <laughs> tour
1: <laughs> but we're gonna go with a a little more of a Zen approach a little more calm approach to things today uh, because our topic is stress and uh, men- and taking care of your mental state and mental illness awareness and basically self care is best care today um, go to therapy. <laughs> go <laughs> to therapy the podcast um but yeah we're gonna try and keep it a little more off the cuff today uh kind of more like an open forum i guess for us to discuss but yeah we do have a very special guest to join us for uh this very momentous discussion and that is my little sister from another mr cosmic keyframe hi and uh yeah why don't you introduce yourself oh. To the people who may not know.
2: Greetings from the fourth wall and beyond. I am Cosmic Keyframe. I am an artist, animator, person on the internet. I do work for uh, many YouTube channels, uh, mainly DA games, doing uh, art assets, merch design, and animation stuff for them. And besides that, you know, selling my own artwork. I'm am I'm a self-made lady. And, you know, I um. I talk at conventions sometimes about the craft of content creation and I usually try to bring the point forward of self-improvement and, uh, you know, just liking yourself and being willing to suck a bit as you start and, you know, stuff that revolves around that mental health stuff and not all the gobbledygook of you have to reach these certain technical standards.
1: It's why you suck and, and why that's okay.
2: Yeah! <laughs> yeah, before we start, why don't you guys
3: talk about, um, you know, knowing each other forever. Because, like, I don't know if people are aware, but I basically stole Lauren <laughs> from, from Chrissy at BronyCon. And then
2: she's like, and I'm like,
3: she's my co-host now. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, she's your co-host, but she's my sister. Now, um, <laughs> me and Lauren have known each other for 12 years now.
1: Yeah, Uh, since two (laughs) thousand
2: eight. Yeah, we we met in a DeviantArt chat room. uh, (laughs) You know, the one step
1: above an AOL messenger board. Uh, (laughs) Back when they had, back when they had those those chat rooms on DeviantArt, where you can make where you can
2: make topics. And this was around the time where like LOLZOR and stuff was still popular. What's LOLZOR? it's a mystery as old as time my friend Uh, but (laughs) no you know we met through that we did art trades and art requests and we just of our friend group we probably are the closest that any of us have stayed with each other and you know we talked through messenger and 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 uh and deviant art notes and all that stuff and yeah then you know i flew over when it was about college looking at times to meet Lauren in person for the first time and check out her college that I didn't go to and then uh <laughs> um yeah ever since i moved to california me and her have been just the 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 dynamic duo of doing stuff and yep. yeah
1: from all that it's just history yep and it's and you know it's crazy to look at you know where we started and coming up to where we are now how much has come come through our lives and just brought us closer uh yeah and to think it all started with us like basically we were in a Beatles, Beatles fan <laughs> chat room on DeviantArt and then we started doing like Beatles crossover fan art you know back and forth yeah and like the Beatles <laughs> dressed as the Scooby-Doo gang uh, yeah, the Beatles the... in Phantom of the Opera, the Beatles in
2: uh, Jungle Book. <laughs> we're, we're just... So that one actually the makes. Book. So that one actually makes like a little bit of medicines, but like, yeah. yeah. And then you know our our friendship and sisterhood is really culminated as similar success stories with different paths because you went the whole you know higher education path and, and I didn't, and you know. <laughs> So, it, it it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. But, you know, Lauren's the closest person I have in my whole darn life, and I couldn't have anyone better. Yeah. I, I met Rachel on the internet, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, then we shared a table at a con selling stuff, and she, she kept yelling at people to buy things, and then I yelled at people to buy things. And And then we connect from there. I mean, you can yell at people as much as you want, and eventually they're going to listen out of respect, fear, annoyance, (laughs) or a combination of the three. Uh, But but no, I'm happy to be here.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think I remember, like, like, back in the day-day, like, I think I, like, Probably like two thousand like fifteen or fourteen. I remember like giving Chrissy like, Okay, you're gonna do these these like dot mob faces or something. So
2: do you oh. remember that? Yeah, and then, that was a that then my life became well, the topic of this uh podcast and <laughs> I, I I couldn't do it. And then we reconnected like a year or two later and it was like, Yeah, we good fam. Uh so yeah, Everyone yeah, like, is
3: always afraid of disappointing me. And I'm just like, it's, it's fine. Just like, tell me. I don't know what's happening. Someone tell me things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But uh so, yeah, I guess the the topic that you brought me on for to talk <laughs> about. Or as the Canadians say, talk about.
3: Well, I guess we can start with, uh, with going through our own. Mental health history and like what specifically is ha, what specifically has happened to make things more complicated than they need to be, so I guess Chrissy, you can go first since you're the guest.
2: Oh, that, yeah. thank you, quite an honor. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, so I am a person who is diagnosed with bipolar disorder, uh, panic disorder, generalized anxiety, and clinical depression. You know. Though bipolar disorder, which its uh, its previous medical name being uh, manic depression, uh, can include anxiety and depression. So kind of an umbrella term, I would suppose. This is the big fact people need to learn. People who have mental illnesses don't understand everything about the mental illnesses they're diagnosed with. We're learning just as fast as you. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder since twenty, the end of twenty eighteen, and so I've been medicated for that and anxiety disorder and panic disorder, and I've been diagnosed with PTSD for since 2016 uh, because mm-hmm. I because I, I simply couldn't go to a doctor after twenty fifteen because I. I don't want to get too into it, but I went through a lot of uh, toxic stuff in my mm-hmm. in my past in my old home life, and that really it really made a cut into me. And through the kindness of others, I was able to get out of that, and you know, mm-hmm. and all that. But uh, you know, it's still stuff that I deal with to this day because the big realization is you could take yourself out of the toxic place, but the toxicity doesn't leave you. And Mm -hmm. I I learned that firsthand because I'm still dealing with the stuff. Arguably now in this new decade, I'm in the biggest state of healing that I think I've gone through over the past five years because now I'm in finally a place where there are certain things cut from my life that I now am in a completely safe place to process, and my body and mind recognize that, and they're like, okay, time to feel it all at once! Let's unpack 13 <laughs> years of bullshit. I I don't know if you could curse on this cast, Yeah, so. we're gonna- I was just gonna be like,
3: we curse for specific episodes, and for this one, I'm just like, you know, we gotta- we gotta go. We gotta be like, yeah! everything.
2: Yeah! Okay.
3: Bullshit! Like, yeah! really?
2: uh, bullshit. <laughs> yeah! So you know, let's unpack all that bullshit. Yeah! So we'll, we'll
1: we'll we'll throw a Fluttershy yay over it.
2: Yeah! Uh, no, use that one. Use editor, editor. Uh, listen to me, editor. Use Yeah for any curse. That's specific. <laughs> if you don't, I'll find you. I'm gonna listen. But um, you know, I was gonna I- be I like, basically... <laughs> yeah,
3: like half the half the team isn't aren't bronies anymore. So they might be like, what is she talking? What is a yay?
2: <laughs> well, that's why you're going to use my yay. Okay, but, uh, that's <laughs> no, no. So either way, you know, I, I deal with post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, depression, bipolar, which I, I am medicated for uh, the bipolar disorder. So it is uh, medication that stops like manic and depressive episodes. or They balance you out, but they don't exactly... Um, You know, they're not antidepressants. I only recently started an antidepressant. And uh, my life since then has been just a journey from it. Learning the whole uh, thing of, you know, it's also nature and nurture. Uh, I discovered over time that bipolar disorder and mental illness is actually something that runs in my family. So, and there is proof that that is a genetic disposition. So, there's a lot of stuff there, but... Yeah, you know, I've I've been I've been fairly open about my mental health online uh, to an extent, and uh, yeah, I, I, this is kind of where I am now. Is in a state of constant healing and, and learning. And while I don't know everything, the things that I do know, I think can help people.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And can you just define like for people who might not know like what um, ma- like, being manic is like, and what, like, being depressed is like, compared just to being sad?
2: Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, people, when they hear mania and depression, you know, they think of very, very binary emotions of happy and sad. Mm-hmm. When da- that is completely not the case, they are very complex feelings. Uh, depression is the easier one to define in that... You know, that's the one that I think more people experience compared to mania. Mm. And depression can be a multitude of things, but the most forefront thing is not sadness, but apathy. Depression, a lot of the times, feels like the lack of emotion more than the emotion itself. And you can feel sad and upset when you're depressed. I mean, eventually, your body and your mind has to cycle through a feeling. But the main feeling of depression is, well, the lack of feeling. You don't feel the want and desire for people or or things or hobbies or careers or passions. It's like uh, snuffing out a flame. And usually the sadness and an upset feeling you get when you're depressed is because the only desire you have is to try to feel the passion that you felt before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but depression is like putting a wall on top of that, and it's a wall that you can't really uh, climb most of the time. Or a pit that you're in. Mania is harder to define because, uh, I mean, the, the factual thing about it is uh, bipolar disorder is grossly uh, under-researched, when it comes to mental illness, so there's not a lot of research behind it, and that goes into mania because mm-hmm. more people often than not. Fact check me if I if I'm wrong, audience. But most people experience mania and hypomania as a adjacent thing to bipolar disorder rather just than just mania by itself as its own uh, mental problem. Mm-hmm. And Mania, to most people, feels like a- most people would think of it as a sense of euphoria, or it's the happy episodes, it's the good part of bipolar disorder. Big quotation marks. Uh, (laughs) When when honestly, I would say the manic episodes are the worst part of it. um, Because mania, while you get that feeling of euphoria, you are basically- like, overclocking a computer or overloading something with information. You you basically feel the equivalent of that scene in uh, Space Odyssey where the guy is staring at those, like, blinding things of color, mm. and it just keeps yep. going faster and faster. That's how it feels, because you get a rise in emotion that you didn't have before. And and sometimes it can be happy, but it's also massively impulsive, uh, you, you feel extra anxious, You. You can become paranoid, uh, with the impulsiveness you can do things like impulsively buy things or impulsively make promises you can't keep, impulsively do hedonistic actions like drink or- or ha- or for people who have a more active social life than I do, have like, random, uh, trysts with other people and all that and- mm. It's scary because you don't feel in control of yourself, and not in the crazy person sense. Uh, more in the sense of you are either completely lacking feeling, or you have all the feelings, and it's so hard to get to that plateau of balanced feelings where you're feeling enough of something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or and uh, that's the that's that's the hard part about bipolar disorder, and. And personally i prefer to call it manic depression because i feel like that describes it better um mm-hmm. and, and you know the hard thing to to just go on one little last tangent <laughs> the hard thing with having diagnosed mental illness is that it is an illness and they and a lot of people they don't want to accept things they can't see so they don't They don't view mental illness with the same reverence that you would give, like, a visible illness like like a flu or a broken leg or something like that. I mean, injury, I guess that's a better way to put that. But, you know, the medical research behind it is everything that is, uh, like, physical about a mental illness is stuff we can't see through our epidermis because... You know, you you see pictures of it all the time of brain scans of someone with depression or PTSD or bipolar disorder, and how that's different from the brain scan of a neurotypical person. And mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's hard because you know certain facts about it, like uh, with people with bipolar disorder literally have, from my research, uh, less gray matter in their brains because you know the. Serotonin and the different endorphins that our brain releases go through essentially tunnels in our brains. That's like the the wrinkly bits, you know? (laughs) And when you have, you know, a mental illness, those tunnels are wider and it's harder for those synapses to go through. And that's the hard thing to explain to people that it's it's not that we feel sad all the time. It's not that we feel anxious all the time there are imbalances and and certain things that are not getting to certain parts of the brain that you know we don't have the luxury to to to, to have that the, that a lot of neurotypical people that don't have these disorders and illnesses get to have every day their brain works good <laughs> it works correctly <laughs> and and it's a uh, That's one of the biggest struggles to try to explain and and cope with these illnesses because they seem so invisible to everyone around you that isn't experiencing it. To the point where you feel like, is it invisible? Is it all in my head? And not in the, in my head in a scientific sense, in my head as, is it my fault I am feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And I I do feel like maybe that's why uh, a lot of people with mental illness get into creative fields because it's our way to try to cope with a corporeal thing or a visual thing, whether it is to uh, directly express it and talk about the struggle in in a visual medium or to get that energy out in a constructive way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess that's, that's my piece.
3: <laughs> Thanks for coming to group therapy. Um, so Lauren, <laughs> tell me, how are you? F- yeah. Up? <laughs>
1: um, I, co- I come from the spectrum of more or less just having to, I, I come from the, the area of just, you know, I'm under a lot of stress usually. So I don't come from the spectrum of where I have, any, I don't have depression, or at least not as far as I know, Uh, (laughs) um, but I do, uh, I do having like anxiety. And so, and I think it's just something that as I've gotten older, it's just a matter of trying to balance everything else that is chaotic in my life. And so um, it's just been, you know, when it's a lot of things that pile up on a day-to-day basis, and it's just trying to juggle that. Especially during the most chaotic year, I think any of us have seen at least any of us our age have seen <laughs> um it's a uh, you know it it's 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 a lot um but what I have done in the past few years is to try and find means of you know not only trying to find ways to cope with stress and anxiety, it's more ways to kind of like find answers for things within and i think that's it's it, it's gonna sound like it it's i know it's kind of gonna sound flower childy <laughs> but is um
2: hippy dippy bull-hunk?
1: <laughs> but um but i did get into meditation a few years ago and and it and i think what the nice thing about it is is that and why i encourage people to meditate is you don't have to be religious to meditate you don't have to be religious to do yoga you don't have to be religious to just literally just try and find your center it's it's to find your center is to find that little bit of peace within yourself and to kind of like restore your balance when you're feeling stressed you just got to you know step back you don't even have to sit there and and sit there lotus style or anything you just you kind of just pull back Maybe take a step outside if you're inside. Take a deep breath, take some a few moments for yourself, and just like try to clear your head. Try to like just you know wherever you're frustrated with or whatever is freaking you out. Just kind of step away and you know breathe in and breathe out, and you can just like it. It it does a world of difference, honestly. Uh, if if I if you're coming from the area of where you get stressed out really. Easily, and this is coming from somebody who's actually usually pretty chill. Like as a person, I'm pretty chill, but then I get manic. <laughs> so I just like if, if if something like if something goes wrong, I immediately start like freaking. So uh, especially if I'm like, ah, this is like you know, I this was my responsibility. I was supposed to do this, and you know, I did this wrong, and now everything else is going wrong, and it's all because I did this thing wrong. And you know, it's that kind of thing when everything kind of snowballs.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so it's all a matter of trying to stop yourself mentally from going into that, into that crazy spiral and, uh, and meditation and even like, uh, even went to, to a meditative retreat, uh, for a day with, uh, with, a uh, basically my, my soul sister. So I have my little sister and I have my soul sister and we both went to a meditative retreat for a day for her birthday. And, uh, it was like last year and it's because I knew she needed it but i ended up getting a lot out of it too <laughs> and um it was just kind of like you know it was really nice to feel like you there were other people who were just like you trying to like find that peace in in the middle of chaos and uh and trying to find answers for things within and and sometimes it's like there's this crazy thing it's going to sound a little uh I guess, metaphysical to, like, talk about it, cause but it is, is uh, finding a lot of stuff that is the stress in your life is, like, because of what we project onto things and what ends up being more stressful to us is because we put more of that, we project more of that stress onto the thing. So it's a lot of, it, it, there's quite a few things where it's perception and how you perceive things. And th- when you, the more you think you're powerless in something, the more it's going to make you feel powerless. You know, it's the more stressed out you think you're going to be or the more stressed out you think something's going to make you, the more stressed out you will be. (laughs) It's kind of just like it's cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's uh, so with like meditating, it's like even then just like taking a few minutes to to just pull back, close your eyes, breathe and then just go, okay, let's reset. We'll go back into this fresh. Just take a few minutes for yourself that's all you need Mm -hmm. um and i and i feel like it's it's something where especially nowadays when everybody's rushing around to do stuff even in quarantine uh when people are working or working overtime to try and like make ends meet and stuff like that and there's points where you know we all kind of like lose our heads a little bit uh Especially, you know, when we just get caught up in what's happening outside of our houses, what's outside the country, and what's happening, you know, even in our neighborhoods. It's just, um, it's a lot to take. And so sometimes it's, you just have to step away from it mentally and sometimes maybe even physically. Sometimes, again, like you step outside. Take, step somewhere where you're not, you don't feel like you're, I guess, clamored over by, all of the stresses and, and the sources of stress and uh, just take some time for yourself and try to rebalance yourself. Think of some, think of some things that will, you know, that do make you feel peaceful. Like some people, I know it sounds like generic or, or sometimes some something like you've heard it a million times before, but sometimes, yeah, visualizing, uh, maybe visualizing a place or a thing that keeps you calm. Maybe it's a smell you can visualize actually a smell because your sensory I think I, if I remember it's like your your taste and your smell are some of your strongest memory sensors. So it's uh so when if you there's there's something that you like to taste or to smell and it kinda calms you, you can do that. If you have the source of that smell <laughs> or that taste, that doesn't I hurt will either if it's like
2: visualize all the New York pizza. This entire <laughs> pizzeria on my tongue. <laughs> a lot
1: yeah, of pizza. So it's like there's and everybody has a different different thing that makes them, you know, that makes them happy or it brings them some sense of calm or stability. Um and that's more or less where I come from. I hope that didn't sound like too rambly or anything, but uh um, Yeah, this is gonna be yeah, probably it, like it's the rambly like, podcast <laughs> or the
3: this is probably going to be the ramblest um, episode, like,
1: <laughs> and so it's 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 yeah, it it is a balancing of your ener your personal energies. Uh, it is kind of tra- retraining yourself how to think and how to perceive things, um, and sometimes that means kind of like more or less breaking down who you once were. Not from like the sense of I'm going to be a completely different person now uh, and change who I am. It's more just how you see things, and sometimes and how you think about things, and, uh, and basically your vibrations will change the more you try to change that. It's like the, the more gloom and doom you look at when you see in the, what you see in the world, and that makes you think gloom and doom, uh, and that's for people who are not, not so much in, no, not for people with depression or anything. It's not saying, oh, you're constantly thinking this. No, no, no. It's, if you are literally going to make, you know, a mountain out of a molehill and you're only going to look at the pessimistic stuff, that's what you're going to get back from the world. And, uh, and that's when you have to like, you know, retrain yourself. Okay. This is just a speed bump. You know, there's, this isn't the end of the world. (laughs) I say this now, (laughs) Um, but it's like, then you just go, uh, you know what? It's okay. You know, this was just a little hiccup. It's, it's fine. We, we'll get past this. The day resets tomorrow. We'll, cut, we'll go to bed and we'll have a fresh day tomorrow. Or we'll have a few minutes reset. We'll keep moving from here. And the more you retrain yourself to like perceive things that way, to look more for that for that positivity. And it's not so much shutting out the negativity. It's retraining yourself to look at that negativity in a different way. Um, that does help a lot. It, it's trying to see how everything is... The universe is working for you, not against you. If you feel like the universe is working against you, it's pushing you to do better to, for yourself, for other people, for other people to do better for you too. It's like... it. it again, It's it, it does have to do with you know the way you think and, and perceive things. It affects your vibrations, and that affects everybody else around you. So, because we... As you can see in this in in this day there's a whole lot of people moving with the same vibration there's one big move it's like a one big upheaval that's going on right now and it's because of so many people resonating with that vibration so um and i could go on and on about that because there's and but i'm no expert in the in the vibrational stuff and i'm not in the metaphysics and and all that stuff i still i mean i don't think anybody really knows the entirety of that because that's a whole mis- mystery world in a- of its own. But you need many things to of- <laughs> open up that
2: one. You need like a
1: four five. <laughs> the balancing the, you know, cleansing the chakras, recharging yourself by a salt lamp, which I'm totally not doing right now. <laughs> uh
2: huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure, Lau. I-, I-, I believe you as far as I can throw you, and you're very small and dense. Like. <laughs> be like throwing a medicine ball but uh (laughs) but But, uh (laughs) yeah yeah,
1: it's it's uh, but yeah to coming out of that perspective on my side um I mean everybody has their own methods there's no right way to meditate there's no right way to do anything that comes to like finding your peace as long as it's like you know as long as it's a relatively peaceful means then you're okay (laughs) Like, uh, you know, some for some people, it's it's going and listening to live music. That's actually, like, if you're going to, let's say you go to a coffee shop and there's an acoustic, you know, somebody playing an acoustic set. And that puts you in a good mood is to just hear and relax to some guitar, you know, acoustic guitar. You know, that's that's a good thing to do. And it pulls you out of whatever place. If you find peace going into a coffee shop and listening to that, then that's fine. Whatever helps you recharge. Uh, If you like going to the, to a park or you go out into a, a, sometimes if you go, if there's a hiking trail, you want to walk that hiking trail, get some air. And that's a, that's another thing. Don't be afraid to go out into nature. If you got access to it, just even if it's just walking outside your door and there is a a little patch of grass and a tree to sit under, maybe uh, (laughs) just like find something to kind of like help ground yourself. Back into the back into some form of nature, because that...
2: What if the dogs did a deuce there? <laughs> There's only so many patches of grass and many dogs.
1: <laughs> um. Well, uh, first of all, there should be a sign to clean up said poop. <laughs> Neighbors was, should look out for one another. Uh,
2: <laughs> this was the cardinal sin of you getting me on this show. <laughs>
1: i mean i should have expected it <laughs> i mean like i did but then again
3: <laughs> you did but how much um <laughs> it's like they're all, an, like, yeah. they're
2: an old married couple
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean 12 years is a long time we have quite a history
2: <laughs> it? uh i think now it's uh i think it's silver the silver <laughs> but, but no i i totally get what you're saying to you know sometimes a change of scenery does help your mental state because we tend to really coop ourselves into the prison that is our own mind as
1: pretentious mm-hmm. as
2: that definitely sounds it's kind of <laughs> true um
1: hey but there yeah. is a kernel of truth so i mean come on it, it's it's again it's just like yeah like to your point we kind of make a prison for ourselves sometimes and And that does not. It that only adds fuel to the fire. Sometimes when we, if we're going through so much more than even just like a temporary feeling, yeah. That that's another thing. Uh, there's uh, don't don't make a permanent. Don't think of a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So that's like uh, just like every, every, see, in as long as you're alive, every problem is temporary. So the do the best you can to try and like move forward day to day. I know it sometimes can be really hard to get through those days when they're really bad, but just don't be afraid to get through them and look to your friends. You got if you got friends, you got family that you trust, you got anybody that you can count as your support. Uh go you can confide in them. If you have a really good solid network and you feel like you're comfortable with sharing what you're feeling with them and they're comfortable with it too and and it's just like we, as long as you have that too, you can confide in other people as well. Uh, you know, it's uh, you're not alone. Never, never think you're alone in your struggle because there are people who want to help you and are open to letting you confide in them, and they want to be there for you. So it's it don't don't be afraid to reach out, especially if you have some really close friends um, and you know that they can help you. okay anyway sorry
3: hey. i not- <laughs> like, i don't know i wasn't sure if she was done or not i don't want to interrupt but um yeah so backtrack so if you don't know what meditation is it's basically what lauren described to like clear your mind and if if none of that made any sense to you i would recommend um there's plenty of free meditation guided meditations on youtube um for beginners mm-hmm. so it's basically you know clear your mind and you know, simplify things and, and stuff. Um, also Headspace, which is a paid app, but it's free for the first couple of sessions and it will walk you through like how to meditate. So if you want to just get Headspace for like the first couple of free ones and then you can you learn how to meditate and then you're just like, oh, I get it. Let me go on YouTube like a poor person. Then you can do that too. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's plenty of like things to walk you through uh meditation but you know i meditate sometimes when i feel like it but okay so backtrack so um i'm i'm also pretty up um i've talked about this a lot um on different channels but let's see what do i have um a lot um so i have his my family has a history on both sides of mental illness um i have probably a depressive disorder probably some sort of like a high level of anxiety, but the biggest thing that rules my life is my, um, my PTSD, which is not fun to deal with. Um, and we won't go too much into that because I feel like I've talked a lot about it, but thanks. Thanks the internet. Um, but yeah, let's see what else. Um, I guess I can talk about, um, you know, um, you know, mental health institutions and stuff like that, because those are- I guess that's, like, the worst possible situation, and then we can get to the lighter stuff. Like, go do a doodle, and you'll feel better, maybe, hopefully. Um... <laughs> maybe kinda. Maybe kinda. Uh, Sorta of maybe. Draw a line. Not really. Uh... Uh,
2: but yeah, I guess, um... The floor is yours. The, flo-
3: the metaphorical floor. Um, yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't feel the floor, but it's, it's there, it's under me. But, um, let's see, so usually when you are losing function, as far as just basic motor functions, as far as, um, uh, if you, if you can't do your basic tasks, you can't go to work, you can't get out of bed for prolonged periods of time, maybe you should go to the hospital. And so, um, and or, um, especially if you're suicidal um go 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 take care of yourself yo um and that's like yeah worst worst case um there's two there's three different types there's um or yeah there's two main types there's partial hospitalization words are hard um where you're there like part time of the day where you drive yourself if you're able to and you have group therapy a lot and you meet with the doctors at the the institution place um and you get your drugs set up and i've talked about yeah i've talked about this before but um the biggest the trickiest thing about seeing psychiatrists which is like the mental health doctor and you, where you get diagnosed and, and stuff is um
2: the ones that can give you medicine
3: the ones that the ones that drug you up you know the usual um if there's a problem um is, is i lost my train of thought oh um Mental health is hard, because we still don't really have a good understanding of how the brain works in general. Um, It's very complex. And maybe in a thousand years we'll get there, but we're not there now. We're just like the 1600s version of just like, how does brain work? Like why is it gray? Let me steal Einstein's brain and put it in a jar and like see what happens. Uh, They actually did that. Okay. <laughs> now you know. meat Now you know. meat uh, I... I, I know a lot of random death facts, too, because that was a thing that I was researching when I had PTSD. Because, like, I don't know. Um, let me tell you about your, de- your slowly decaying body. But anyway, um, so, uh. the thing about uh, psychiatry and um, mental medications is not everything works for everything. Essentially, like, you might react differently differently to a medication than something else, so a lot of it is trial and error in the first, like, maybe six months or so, you start to see the psychiatrist, so essentially you'll go, he'll be like, I think you should try this. Come back in three months and let's see if it's working. And then you do that and you see if it's working or not. And the other thing about um, depressed or antidepressants in general they take a while to work. They take what, like three weeks or something, to work before you start noticing. <laughs> they
2: take. They take. Yeah, they take three to four weeks to fully like set in to see effects, and that adjustment period, like around week two, the adjustment period goes into full swing of just hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I know for myself because uh, before I was on the. Bipolar depression. That I, uh, depression medication I take now, which is uh, lasimol, elicitamol. L- I can never pronounce it. I was on one called Depicote. That was the first one I ever took, and it was the worst. It it turned my manic episodes, which were more euphoric, into anger episodes, and I, I don't process mm. anger well, <laughs> and so it made me really irritable and angry, which, by the way, was not fun when. There was a friend's wedding that same week that I was, like, in adjustment period time, because this was end of 2018. So Mm. it was just like, it was just like, I, that was my first experience of, this is supposed to help me. Why not? (laughs) Why can't we have (laughs) nice things? But yeah, I get what you mean.
3: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, you know, don't, don't feel disheartened if you're just like, if nothing works or even worse. Things aren't working correctly because you are are not alone, essentially. So you just go back to the doctor and be like, yo, hey, um, so that didn't work. Let's try something else. Um, So the good thing about Mm -hmm. being in the psychiatry facility in general is, um, especially if you're inpatient, uh, is that you're seeing a doctor daily and they they make you take your medication. So if there's a problem... um, there's a short-term problem or a long-term problem, depending on how long you're there. I think the average is like two, three weeks. If you're inpatient, then they can spot it, and then you can probably be get on the right medication faster that works for your your brain chemistry stuff because you have to see them every day until, until you're not doing stuff anymore, or if you're doing better, essentially. Um, so, yeah, um, that's, I guess, worst-case option if you feel like, you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself or hurt someone else um is you can just like and the other thing i recommend is um if you feel like you might get that bad then or if you want to have it in the back of your mind um research mental facilities near you so you can find the best one the one you feel most comfortable with usually the therapist in your area will probably know which one is best i don't know why i guess they just talk to each other so, um, there's kind of like a big scale of, um, like, you know, like the eighteen hundred. maybe it's not that bad, but like 1800s medical institutes where they're just like, okay, we'll just lock them up. They got the, the, the woman's manic thing. They got the, they got the, you know, I don't know, whatever, versus like, go pet a horse. We have a pool, go swim in the pool, like more drug rehab kind of things. And obviously you have to depict it depends on what your insurance will cover if you have insurance, but... Um, yeah, so...
2: There, there, there is a... There's a difference between, like, more clinically-based uh, institutions where, you know, they put more of a focus on, you know, the more medical side of things, and then there's the more alternative method or homeopathic clinics, which focus more on the the more psychiatric, psychological, you know, of the... Or therapeutic, I guess that's the mm. better way to put it. That, you know, the difference mm-hmm. between a therapist and a psychologist is that one is more based around the sciences and one is more based around kind of the the emotion, sociological, psych, uh, psychological aspects that go outside of the realm of medicine. Because we are... Mm-hmm you know, weird humans, and not- and while everything is kind of based off chemical reactions, how those chemical reactions affect each and every individual person is different, and that's the whole, uh, that's the whole kitchen caboodle when it comes to, uh, you know, mental health and research and medicine, which is why, you know, sometimes it takes a person, like, four different trials to find that one medication that works, is because- the human body and the human mind are such complex supercomputers, but yet glitch out so damn much. Uh, I, I mean, like, it, and it's really hard. Uh, one of the non-depressive uh, things that I have that I, I didn't talk about in the beginning is that because uh, I don't, I don't exactly put it in the same lane as my bipolar and my PTSD, but it does. Overlap a lot of times is I have body dysmorphia, which is I'm hypercritical about how my body looks. I when I look in the mirror, I don't see what other people see. I, I see myself back when I was like around 200 pounds. I I used to have an eating disorder. I you know I, I did I had a binge eating disorder back before I moved to California and the first couple of years I lived in California and I just as a way to that was my self harm that was my punishing myself was eating until I got sick. And, and you know, that body dysmorphia goes into when I need to get medications because there are so many medications I'm afraid to take since a lot of antidepressants have uh, weight gain as a side effect. And some mental health doctors uh, don't listen when you say, Hey, if this yeah with my weight and makes me gain weight, this is going to make me more <laughs> depressed because this mm-hmm. is going... And it, and it's hard. Uh, luckily, I have found ones and my routines and diet and stuff, I, I don't gain weight much anymore, if any. <laughs> my body chemistry has just completely changed in that sense uh, from gains. By the way, working out does help. Uh, what's the, what's the line from Legally Blonde? Uh, working uh, out releases uh, endorphins. Exercise,
1: exercise releases endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands.
2: Exactly. But, uh, kernel of truth in the popcorn of pretentiousness. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's hard, because it's so under-researched, whether by the sheer complexity that is the human brain in neurological science, or the apathy towards the concept of the importance of... Of mental health because I feel like we're in the generation now that actually like the millennial to gen z generation are really the generation that has put a stock into mental health and not just denoting it as oh you're just sad you're just sensitive you're just crazy because mm-hmm. uh, we notice a lot with our parents generation and our grandparents generation that taking a deeper look is huh If you were where we are right now, you'd probably be diagnosed with something that would explain so much about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's the shame of it all. Uh,
1: There's also the matter of, there's also the matter of, like, uh, sorry to cut in, it is relevant to, it's relevant to the point, but it's uh, also kind of just like a, I guess you could say it's kind of like generational trauma that gets passed (laughs) Mm -hmm. down too. So it's like, uh, even if it goes back way, way, way back to many generations, that's why it's like there's this almost like this passing down of that kind of energy and that kind of vibration down from generation to generation. And that the, the, the kind of karma that gets carried down from that too, well, it just kind of it ends up kind of affecting us uh, as it continues down the line. And it's almost like uh, trying to put a stop to generational karma. Good or, bad, it, good or bad, it's like karma gets passed down. So it's like, uh, and that's another thing. Karma is often a term used to say karma is going to get you kind of thing. You know, like implying that it's going to get you when you're bad and stuff. But karma is a general term. It gets thrown around as like something like, oh, you know, if you're bad, karma's going to get you. Uh, but karma is just a general term for good or bad things. It's just, uh, it's just what you put out is what you get back really it's uh and um if yeah if you do good stuff good stuff will come to you if you do bad stuff well bad stuff will come to you so it's uh just to clarify that but yeah it's a generational thing too sometimes where that energy gets passed through
2: yeah and i think the thing with the generational gap in understanding of mental health and stuff is that and, and it has seeped into the millennial and Gen Z generation. Not saying, those darn millennials and their avocado toast and depression. No, it's, uh, it's the it's the thing of, I think, because of the lack, uh, and going into the whole creative field, whether it be animation or artwork or anything of the sort, music and such. Mm-hmm. Because of our lack of understanding of the nuances that come with uh, depression and, and mania or schizophrenia or, you know, any of the mental rainbow, inkblot rainbow that is mental illness, is we have equated a troubled, tortured mind with creativity and and have grossly romanticized it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like anyone that has been in the Tumblr generation has seen <laughs> this rom- this romanticizing of being an artist with depression or taking out this this anger in this in this. Tortured piece by this tortured artist, and, and, you know, so on and so forth. And that's very prevalent, you know, with music and such. And mm-hmm. not to take away the pain that the person has been through, because most times than not, it's not the artists themselves that are romanticizing their pain, it's the fandom that surrounds them.
4: Mm-hmm. It's,
2: I feel like, you know, th- there was actually. When I was uh, getting ready for this podcast, I I was thinking about an episode of Powerpuff Girls that actually, I think, is one of the most interesting ways to handle emotion to creativity. And I think it was a later season episode, it was like, Bubbles uh, was making, like, chalk drawings, and then Buttercup, like, ruined them. So Mm. Bubbles ran away, and then him gave her, like, this magic box of chalk, and her drawings would come to life but him just get pushing her anger and stuff to make these angry drawings and, and to get out her anger through drawing but by making these monstrous creatures let and the, the hate resolution... flow through you. Exactly. And then the resolution was that she still did she still let out her anger, she still drew but she created, you know, nicer things like she let it out in a constructive way. And this is not to say that you can't make vent art or things of the ilk. You know, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to acknowledge, hey, I don't feel good right now. And I need to visualize what this feeling feels like. That's perfectly fine. I think Mm -hmm. that is a very healthy way to go about it. To not suppress the bad feelings, but to acknowledge them that they are there because to acknowledge that they are there is that first step in not letting that control you and being able to move past it. Even if there's certain parts of it that you'll never truly move past, there's the thing that you can go on despite it. And I I think when when we get into a creative field, which a lot of people in the industry or or independent have gone through trauma have gone through their own you know life experiences that have left a toll on them mentally or emotionally whether that be something clinical whether that be workplace related whether Mm -hmm. it be something family related like postpartum disorder Mm -hmm. or 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 you know being a bit topical stuff that they were inflicted upon because of societal reasons that were out of their control whether by their financial status or or their identity or by the color of their skin and the kind of caste system that they are put into because of these choices that they really couldn't make and mm-hmm. and those tolls can get represented in the stories that they tell or visualize and i think that is a beautiful thing without romanticizing it, being like, oh, this is the only reason that I am good. This is the only reason I am talented. No. These things are shitty things that happen to me, and I want to educate. I want to communicate how that feels. And I do think that that is why we're in such an amazing generation of animation to, to, to go full circle on this animation I was podcast! like, oh god, yeah, we did it. We did it. Yeah. Play us off, Paul! No, um... <laughs> no, 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 like... We're in an amazing generation of animation where we are able to tell stories with the transparency that we simply couldn't in previous um, eras of TV mm-hmm. and film. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not to, when it comes to the medium of animation. Of course, people have portrayed mental health in a lot of live action stuff because they simply have the freedom to um, because of the stigma around animation. But, I mean, I personally think uh, there is an episode, the the entire arc of the character of Steven in Steven Universe Future hit me so damn <laughs> hard. Uh, yeah. Espe- I mean, this is basically echoing a lot of the mm-hmm. internet, uh, especially the Growing Pains episode where they actually had a character who is a doctor in canon talk about childhood trauma and the fact that you can, that the time where you experience the actual pain of that trauma the most is usually when you're in a safe environment and not when you're going through the trauma itself, which is, Mm -hmm. which, you know, obviously not everyone experiences things the same way, but in my personal experience, that is so true, because when you're in that experience in the moment, you are in survival Mm -hmm. mode. Your feelings do not matter, because you want to get by, you want to... Get through it, or you need to, or you have a responsibility towards someone, and you're just trying to to fix things. You you feel this responsibility to fix and be a pillar of stability. Mm-hmm. And when you're finally out of that traumatic situation, where you're in the safe place where you can, where you're not expected to be the stable one, that's when you feel it a full mm-hmm. force. And if I if I grew up, if I wasn't a, an adult. If I was like my teenage self, who was going through this stuff, and Steven Universe Future somehow <laughs> came out during that time, I feel like that would have that would have helped me a lot. Because we are all consumers and we learn from media. We are a media-ran generation. As much as people hated of, oh, babysit your kids in front of the TV, look, that's where we mm. are. So we might as well put... Good messages like that onto our media, and mm-hmm. if I could have grown up with that message, and to normalize the feeling that I felt, I, I, I feel like the kids these days are very lucky to be able to hear that, and mm-hmm. to have characters that they are connecting to that are experiencing that, and 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 I, and I am, I am so grateful that we have these cartoon creators and and in turn these networks that are allowing the envelope to get mm-hmm. pushed whether it be through you know going through depression or or uh unlikely family dynamics or divorce uh Infinity train book 1 actually did a great job portraying divorce and how that affects a child there's
4: mm.
2: there's a lot of that in animation these days of people who have obviously been through mental torture and illness telling their stories and educating and I and I really have a positive hope that because of this the the generation that will come up from us will be more open to to this kind of invisible world, to ask questions, and to not hide how they feel. Mm-hmm. Because it's scary to admit to an adult or to, like, your, your counselors or all these things, I don't feel right, is it my fault? And it's not your fault. It's so not your fault. That sometimes we are just given a bad genetic, mm-hmm. we go through shit that we didn't ask for, mm-hmm. and and our brains can't handle it like some people can, and that's okay. And I and I hope that with this with this new generation going in, have being more in tune with their emotions and normalizing the conversation of mental mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like we're going to be in a better place. Than when we started out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
2: That was nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like
2: I think about this a lot. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, I mean, it's it it shows why actually, even at this time, more like uh more cartoons have been streamed on streaming services nowadays. It's like art seems to speak more to people, especially in times of great stress and great anxiety um and for people who especially who are dealing with mental illness in the middle of all of this mm-hmm. that it's, it's people see and recognize animation more for for the messages it has and for that kind of the comfort and reassurance that sometimes they can provide um and that's why art is important people yeah. <laughs> so art art art, yeah. art is a universal art is a universal Uh, expression so it's like um and that's why it's it's good and that's why art is also therapeutic Mm -hmm. I mean that's why when you see art being utilized in schools there are some kids who are going through a lot of stuff in their own lives and they see that as an outlet if they have even a little bit of time to do a drawing in an art class or somebody's teaching them to draw or paint that's an outlet Mm -hmm. somebody teaching them to do music that's an outlet so it's uh you know it's it's kind of like an escape and at the same time it's being able to confront those confront the feelings that you have the emotions you have the problems you have and then being able to you know make make something out of out of a bad situation and
2: to help process through it
1: Mm-hmm. and that, yeah so I mean here we are with this podcast to like it's a, it's an outlet for us too it's just like we like to be able to talk about animation, talk with other people who like animation and practically live mm-hmm. it and, uh, and seeing how that affects people and why they do what they do and why they create what they create. And, and for it seems almost everyone, it's like everybody has their own reasons to do it, but it all seems to unify under we all have a passion for it, and it's an escape. <laughs> who doesn't want to escape to something that's far from the troubles we have? and sometimes we use that outlet to confront the problems we have but we do it in a way that everybody can understand. Okay. So that's what I think it's it's so great about animation and about art in general that we can do that and utilize it as an important tool.
3: Okay, I'm going to say a thing. Okay, the first the, the first yeah. thing I wanted to say before I go on my spiel is um or I think this was the spiel episode essentially. So, I, I'm sorry <laughs> I hope you, you, you're, well, if you're listening at this point, then you're, you probably spieled out, but it's, it's okay, you can, you can, you can go take a break and come back for the spiel, but anyway, um.
2: Go use the bathroom. I think,
3: uh. I think the, the bit, one of the, one of the bigger reasons, there's many reasons why I was like, hey, Lauren, let's do a podcast, like, this seems like a good idea, but one of the, the main reasons is, I think, in general, um, and this ties back to mental health, I promise, but. I think in general, like this is a problem with people that are YouTubers, that are performers, that have to kind of put on this persona of a kind of personality that they have to, you know, even if they're like for someone who's playing themselves, like say someone like Larry David and he's playing himself in TV, there's a difference between mm-hmm. Larry David, the guy who's over exaggerating his tendencies for the camera, and then. Larry David just kind of the more chill person. They might be very similar but there's a difference in performance, there's a difference in um, you know just um, how they perceive things.
2: There's a bit of fictionalization yes. in there.
3: So, So um, you know one of one of the many reasons I decided to or you know I was like hey let's do this podcast is to kind of peel back those layers um, with me and just other people in the industry is because you know like i i get frustrated when you know people have seen me in the past and they're just like "Re, she's egotistical Re, she made this joke this one time um and it frustrates me because i try to i try to be a good person and you know i'm sure like we all try to be good people but You know, just like any comedian, there's jokes that aren't going to hit. There's jokes that people are going to get offended at. There's jokes that are going to be like, it's going to go over their head because there's there's some fictionalization around it. And I thought just having a more chill kind of environment to talk about things, especially things I wouldn't have time or things I wouldn't address um, on the main channel and like more topical things like with what's going, you know, just animation news in general and reacting to that. Um, is is important, and the other thing I wanted to say is I think to to Chrissy's point, uh, I feel like there's a, like nowadays there's also a bigger responsibility for creators to use their platforms, um, specifically um, showrunners, but really anyone, um, if they're doing original fiction, if they they have a show or so, something that they are portraying. At least complex themes um about um maybe not mental health but just like and like anything like um anything that their character is going through someone could take something from that and relate it to their own situation and find solace in the fact that you know how did how did this person get through it how did um well maybe i can use that like i've said it before but like one of the reasons like i've really Come to love Simba more than you know. I have since I was a child. Is just I relate to him as a as a character who is not perfect, obviously, and had to kind of fit. Fa- he like you can only run away at at at. You can only yeah. You can only run away at uh for or you can only run for so far, but you know like mm-hmm. is that gonna make you happy? Just running. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to leave everything behind just because something happened that was hard and gross and traumatic and like, you know, like in some ways very much out of your control, like even though he didn't realize it. But in my case, like, you know, well, similar, like it was hard for me to realize things. But um, yeah, so I think. Like, and I think that's why The Lion King resonates with so many people in general, not just because of that um, and, and having a flawed character come back and res- face responsibility, but also, um, you know, having the death of a father or a father figure um, die and, and kind of having to deal with that. Uh, Mufasa dies. I hope I didn't spoil The Lion King for you. Uh-
2: <laughs> How dare you!
3: Oh, God. So, um... I've been
2: waiting for the right moment. And, it's been twenty six years. Su-
1: twenty six years su- too soon. <laughs>
2: it's it's been sullied. This this event that happened before I was born is now sullied. <laughs> so,
3: um, you know, like, and and that's why you know that movie works really well is um, because it ta- it 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 faces a or takes a really realistic issue versus some sort of disnification or, like, sugarcoating of something that is softer and like, oh, he was alive the whole time. He was just hiding, you know, but, like, you know that's not the case when, like, you know, yeah! Simba is just like, come on, Dad, get up, and he's not getting up, and then everyone's crying. Oh. And, um, oh. you know, wouldn't have ruined the movie if he was just like, oh, sorry, I fell asleep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo... Fam, I just went out to get milk. I just
3: came uh, out to, <laughs> went out to get cigarettes and I didn't come back. Um, you know, until I, I now <laughs> Until but, now. yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot in the last couple of days, but like part of my also like my my core resin as just a person is just kind of defending like if if something I love like passionately, and there's only a couple things I love passionately, in this, like, you know, movies and stuff like that. If I introduce someone to that and it becomes, like, much more well, like, well celebrated because I'm talking about it and I have a platform for it. And, um, like, that's my whole, like, reason for living, essentially. So, you know, like, I've been I've been mentioning um, Treasure Planet a lot and now I'm playing the PlayStation game because I only have a PlayStation. And I was just like, well one of my like i can only write scripts for so often i've been um i've been unemployed essentially because of all this stuff and i'm just waiting for things to fix and like part of my mo is is, like atlantis just got a live action movie which will hopefully help the um reintroduce people who haven't been to um atlantis as as a concept and i think it's a cool movie and I think it probably just should have been live-action from the get-go anyway, really. Like, I love the animation, um, but, like, plot-wise, it work. I think it will work really well as a live-action movie. Um,
2: Milo will not look any more handsome than he does <laughs> animated.
3: I know people <laughs> are holding out for, like, Tom Holland to play Milo, and I'm just like... I- no no everybody holds up for tom
1: Holland for everything (laughs) it's like (laughs) i'm I'm like i love him too but guys you gotta stop casting marvel actors in literally everything just please there's other people (laughs)
2: look we just need to get a time machine go back in time and just get michael j fox (laughs) kidnap him off the set of
1: back to the future just be like we'll explain when we get there (laughs)
2: And while we're at it, let's just go to, uh, back to Ferris Bueller's day off, send kidnap young Matthew Broderick, and then, you know, we'll have a good, we'll have a good old time! Maybe Matthew
3: Broderick is so cute.
2: Uh,
3: And it's funny, because he's the
1: complete, his personality is the complete opposite of Ferris Bueller in real life. Like, he is not this, like, he is not this, like, snarky kid that gets away with everything. He is basically Leo in The Producers. (laughs) <laughs> it's just, that's baby. actually He's him. He's a good boy, baby. He's a good boy,
2: <laughs> baby man, baby.
3: But um, uh, yeah, yeah, like um, so. Anyway, so that's I think that that got confirmed. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for that because I want to see like just how that affects um, the because like even like if people don't care about the old two D th- animation thing then it's still a movie to see, like it only helps its its case. And so, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for, like, the day, and, um, like, on on my feet, just waiting for the call when they were, like, they're, like, like, I'm hoping that we go to Disneyland someday, and then Jim Hawkins is just w- walking around um, Tomorrowland, which he was a couple months ago in Disney World, and, like, I, like, drop everything and run to him, like Lauren did to Beetlejuice that one time, and just, like, let me tell you <laughs> how much I love your movie. Um, But I think the the streaming, we're a little about to, off topic, but I think the streaming services of Disney Plus and just streaming in general is giving access to, giving a lot of access to a lot of things that would have gone under the radar, and, or things that haven't been watched in, like, years because they haven't been on television, like, you know, Gargoyles or Kim Possible, what's that? And, you know, as well as the industry in general moving a lot towards women who, like, remember these films fondly and, you know, Versus how it was dominated mostly by by men historically, um, and I'm hoping like you know, like these these films will get rediscovered and like eventually reappreciated. Like I want to do a video about how DreamWorks doesn't really know how to market itself besides like Shrek and a little bit of how you train How to Train Your Dragon, but like especially like
2: DreamWorks' worst enemy is itself. <laughs> Dream DreamWorks it is a snake eating its Dreamworks own tail. DreamWorks' worst
3: enemy is the DreamWorks face. Um...
2: Or the B-movie.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the meme machine?
3: <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I will live for the day where I'm, like, walking my cane, and then there's just, like, there's, like, a couple of Treasure Planet things in the Disney shop when we go to Disney, and I'm like, Lauren, look at my boy. They they, they they, did love my boy after all. Like, we did it. You know, we did it. <laughs> but! So it only takes... But! But! <laughs> But it only takes one like one famous celebrity, and I'm like waiting for the interview when Joseph Gordon-Levitt talks about like treasure planet or something because he can
2: do it, he can do it,
3: he just hasn't yep. yet. <laughs>
2: yeah, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I hope I hope Guillermo gets to direct Atlantis. That would be the perfect director oh, for yeah. an Atlantis movie. I mean, it's uh, funny because
1: the original whole premise of. Of Atlantis was like okay, so it's a monster flick <laughs> because of I mean, all of the, the crazy the, monsters. They, who's who's better yeah. to do monsters than Guillermo del Toro? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I mean they they based the visual style off the Hellboy comics. So. I mean it was
1: the the artist based off the artist style. So I mean that was yeah. So yeah, they basically with, with went big old the whole, hams. <laughs> yep, they ba- basically went the whole Hellboy aesthetic because of yeah. So that. That's always cool. That's why it was so cool to see at the turn of the millennium, Disney going with a whole new style change and why it seemed to carry over kind of more or less into uh, Treasure Planet, but also a little bit over from from uh, Emperor's New Groove as well. Just seeing that more updated, like, you know, mm-hmm. turn of the millennium's art style. It's more sleek, more contemporary and
2: kind of the kind of like the two thousands uh, Xerox style in a way, kind of yeah. like how Disney kind of changed their aesthetic. You know, come Hundred One Dalmatians and Sword in the Stone and stuff. Yeah, and,
3: um, yeah. Yeah, to tie it back in before we give you some more mental health tips, I guess. Um, in these in these trying times, <laughs> um, please like have an egg in these trying times. Trying- Time <laughs> Time time. Take two? Uh hey, hey, it's like it's it's late for me. I'm on the East Coast. Give me a give me a
2: break. Oh, oh yeah, you're you're in like midnight yeah, it's times. There's things
3: I do for you. But anyway, you people. Um <laughs> Um but yeah, I think we like creators, especially in these modern times, have a responsibility to educate and have inclusive themes for their viewer just so they like, you know, they can introduce people that might not have a good understanding about said themes. Like, this has been, the biggest one that has been repetitive in the last um, probably 10 years is slowly sneaking um, LGBT plus characters into animation in general without, like, and just having them there, essentially. So, you know, she did that a lot. I mean, and, and Steven Universe did. And, like... Even before that there were like Loud, Loud House, House and... yeah and then like there were characters in the background for some things but like I get angry when like you know um I'm going to trigger Chrissy a little bit but I get angry when like showrunners are just like I have this great character and I'm like but what's your story so like all of like season 4 of Star versus the Force of Evil was like a yeah! f- train wreck Oh
2: wrap. no uh, no I I agree I don't like the last season of Star at all Yeah and
3: I'm just like what a waste is like, you have these characters that are fun, I you know, fun-ish, you know, like, I was, I, I, I kind of regretted watching all of Starverses, um, and, but I don't mind it, um, and then I'm just like, what a waste, and you're having the, you're, you're, you're tying up the story with this just like, like, it's basically like, oh, you know, th- there's a problem with this, there, someone is using this thing badly, let's just destroy all the things like so it, in this case it's magic so it's like someone's using abusing magic let's just destroy all the magic and i'm just like what uh. <laughs> um you know and it's no, no. like it's a sh- like you know and i think like serialization is the future as far as just general animation i think that helps with quality and you have to If you're doing a show, if you want to do a show, then get your story arcs ready for the pitch meeting, goddammit. Like, I want want (laughs) pictures of Spider-Man on my
2: desk. Um... That's not saying that there's not a place for cartoons to just be yeah. cartoons. I, I I I mean, like I, I would say, like uh, some of my favorite some of my favorite cartoons to come out of the the twenty tens were stuff like Mighty Magiswords and Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart, which are very purely. Episodic cartoons having fun being an episodic Mm -hmm. cartoon. There is a place for it. Just a- I think we're just in an era of serialized animation because we- we- One, streaming services has just made it a more, uh, digestible Mm -hmm. method. And we're just in an era where because, like, you know, Steven and, and Gravity Falls and stuff kind of set the foot forward for serialized animation, the industry itself is like oh how can we profiteer off that and that's why we have the saturation of it that we have now not to say that these things are not of quality just because they are part of a saturated Mm. market they are a lot of them are of quality i I think just uh you know like how we said earlier you know creativity and art and animation is a way to Mm. escape it's escapism at the end of the day and just as much i think it's kind of like how you can escape into a- to the Harry Potter books and- and like just have a fun time going on this adventure with all these different arcs and stories. You- you know, kids can have- kids and adults can have fun reading just a nice novella that is just a- it's own self-contained thing, so I, I- feel like- I feel like, you know, the- the thing of telling a story and using you know your your talents skills and what you've gone through in a creative way, can, doesn't have to be in the rigid uh, template of a, of a serialized story-based animation with explicit uh, mentions and and narrative uh, dynamics using mental health. Sometimes you just want to escape into a world with a cat with a sword, and that's perfectly okay. Yeah. I think I think
3: to find middle ground like. If you want to do a thing, make sure you know what you want to do with it. Essentially, like, is it mm-hmm. going to be the episodic, standalone, yeah. like, silly show that just kind of exists in its space, or like, you know, don't try to like, don't try to do one of the other half, yeah, because we can tell, you know. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's just like she's just like yeah. oh the star the star flashbacks just like
2: oh god they should have ended in a coordination and then it could have been a perfectly fine ending yeah
3: oh. uh,
1: but but why we alex had, why uh, alex Hirsch had the right idea with gravity we had falls, to ship it he knew exactly what he wanted
3: go longer i guess
1: you know that's what it's like gravity falls started and ended how alex wanted it and he's like i'm not i i don't care what anybody says this is what i wanted i'm keeping it as that we're ending it here that's all i wanted to say okay on to the next project because i have more stories to right tell. so i mean on that's... to
2: hiding a statue into a into like a park in washington uh i do not know what you're referencing <laughs> the whole site i, I concerned no, the cipher hunt where he hit a Bill Cipher statue, and there was this scavenger hunt that went all across the globe to <laughs> to to find this Bill Cipher statue, and it's like it, it's a very fascinating uh, story to look up. But it, now, now that statue's in some place called like Mission Hill or Mystery Hill, that's up in Northern California. Um, but yeah, sounds like he anyways. has a lot of time on his face. mental health. <laughs> anyway. i mean yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah mental health so um i think you know i let's see how it how has affected me as an artist and anyone else can feel free to jump in so um i don't know i guess it just took me a while like if anything it kind of like made me more nihilistic and, and pessimistic and the other thing which maybe will be another episode is that like all the therapy made me start to realize behaviors and thinking patterns of toxicity and toxic people and because of that I can I'm ve- I've been much stricter as far as who is allowed to be in my life on a personal level and who just has more shit to basically work through that I just don't I just have to save my en- mental energy for essentially um, and that's like again, that's a whole big thing because you know we, we like in general a lot of the people in the animation industry and in the film industry in general are kind of big kids that sometimes they never grew up and sometimes they're hitting on young way younger women for instance or you know and I'm just like <laughs> or all the me too stuff which is not fun um, so I think recognizing those thinking and or those those behavioral patterns is very important um, if you're going to work in a creative field. But I think that's the biggest takeaway that I've had, the biggest positive takeaway that I've had to deal with or or learned is just kind of how... I wouldn't say evil, but how really gross people justify their actions without having, without, with taking the least amount of accountability as humanly possible and just you know it's gross it's gross how you know like pulling the the pulling the sheep behind the the cur- or pulling the i don't know whatever the metaphor is of like you're, you're s- pulling the Yeah pulling the curtain back. back and really like, seeing how these um, these people I call them people with power but they're really YouTubers they have an audience but these people with power are really just like how much they need that audience for a sense of self-worth and a sense of validation and I've kind of kind of and I've come to the point where I'm just like I'm very grateful that I have this audience now and I'm grateful that I have this platform because it gives me a lot of opportunities it lets me know a lot of people but at the end of the day I'm just someone who likes animation and I'm not any better than anyone else because I'm a YouTuber and I think that's lost on both uh, the audience sometimes and the YouTubers themselves and I think my thing helped me um, strip away you know the, the sense of validation that like you know that people might have with it essentially and like if someone else were in jeopardy of losing like everything they they've worked for, you know, and everything that, um, you know, they felt feel like they've earned and, you know, the respect that they feel like they've gained. And, you know, instead you have all of a sudden just people telling you how horrible of a person you are and how I used to like you, but I trusted you, man. And now you, you've just become the shell, this, this thing that, you know, I don't recognize anymore and you know it's you know it just makes you think essentially and basically don't use any anything don't use your career don't use like any of your accomplishments as a sense of validation and self-worth because it's 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 bad it can only lead to bad things it might make you feel good but you know that like i think learning to love yourself for you know what kind of person you are and what you what you what you like to see in other people and your values is is much more important and less harmful at the end of the day than trying to use your job or something as a sense of self-worth and you know okay there's there's my
1: spiel anyone else want to jump in
2: <laughs> yeah what about you lao
1: uh i was gonna say well i i i guess in terms of like any tips i have for that i'm i'm not A big major youtuber or anything like that but uh but my art has frequented many social many art social circles (laughs) i guess you could say um like puts on shades you best you you best believe that my uh, that my one of my old beatles artworks from when i was like 16 still circulates to this day as a as a birthday image for people who are sending beatles Birthday messages to people and I'm like this was addressed to my sixteen year old friend This is weird, but okay <laughs> but because um, it has but a I sixteen mean, like, balloon it... in the background <laughs> but anyway
2: but, yeah, but I mean like how what you know your your struggles or like you know the, the, how that has you know, uh, affected right, no, your no. create your creativity or that kind of stuff, or or how your creativity is used with it or in adjacent. You know? No, yeah, no.
1: Uh, it's more or less. Uh, I use my creativity as an escape, more or less. So it's like, a, you know, anytime. I, I mean, it's part of my job, but it's also at the same time. Anytime I have time to draw for myself, I absolutely take that because it's and because it's just that's the time I have that's truly my time and it's to be able to draw what I want for myself and what I'm feeling in that moment and uh that's why I, it's like I still stand by it. I'm not gonna go on a long spiel about this <laughs> but um <laughs> but it's just like why like why art is therapeutic and why we do need it and why it's good to have it even if you're not good at art sometimes it's good to even just Color in something. Sometimes people—that's why there are adult coloring books nowadays. It's just that some people find it really therapeutic to color in a book, and it's like it get, keeps their mind off of things, off of anything stressful. It kind of helps them focus on one thing for a little bit, and then it'll. And some people do some like amazing coloring work, and and they color in these like incredible mandalas, and they don't—they get all uh creative with the shading and the lighting and the and effects and in those mandalas and and that's really cool so i mean it's uh so i mean for me it's like I, i use it to tell my stories but in the end when in related to the topic it's that's my means of like being able to just really be more in touch with myself and more in touch with my artistic roots and it's like you know I love to draw animals for one I've always drawn I've drawn animals longer than I've drawn people and so it's like whenever I find an opportunity to like go outside and doodle animals or I go to even if I go to like the zoo or if I go to a park and I observe nature that's like I love to do that because it's just one of those things where I know I get inspiration from that and then I just translate it into my art and um and that that is an escape for me and it's and it helps so much to have that time for myself so uh yeah uh chrissy you got any notes
2: well i mean go to therapy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean (laughs) yes please do um no just i feel like that um my creative outlets and and me getting into the world of animation and cartoons and, and stuff of the ilk really did, at first, come from a sense of escapism, you know. I I never had, like, a really easy life, uh, whether it was from domestic, familial issues, or back when I was younger, before those really came to light, I, I was severely bullied in school and it car the constant in my life was was cartoons and art and drawing and this feeling of this little world that someone made that I can go into and that I can make stuff based off and of. now I'm making my own little world. And I feel like that hasn't left me because now i i view the the world as there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad and i've experienced a lot of bad but i've also experienced some of the good and if i can use the stories that i want to tell whether they be just fun fun crazy adventures or or more concentrated stories going into uh, struggles that I've had with, with, with loss or um, mental issues or, or depression or anger and all this stuff. And I could make someone go into a world for a bit and feel less alone or, or escape into something to be part of that good that they can experience. Because we're all going to experience good and we're all going to experience bad. No one lives in an idyllic, utopian land of ignorance because then you never actually grow as a person. Exactly. <laughs> but if I can use my creativity and my ideas and, my, and the skills that I have honed over the years to make something that becomes part of those kids or adults or teenagers good their bubble of good. And that makes them want to make their own little bubble of good. That they can share and, and, and cause the, those little spotlights to touch each other. Or dominoes to go over. Whatever metaphor you want. Then, then I think that I have taken the experiences that I did not choose to have... The, the pain that was inflicted on me and, in turn, the mental illnesses I gained. And make something of it that's my choice. I feel like then I, I've reclaimed a bit of myself. I've reclaimed a little bit of, of, of control that I did not have before and now I'm making something that defines me and what I can do rather than what has happened to me defining it. And to the listeners, I, this is the last bit of me and that's what I will leave you off on, is life is hard. An understatement of the century. Life is hard. And you are going to go through pain that a lot of the times will not be your fault or you will not have a hand in choosing what pain you go through. Mm -hmm. And maybe because of those pains that you go through that aren't your choices, you feel like you have to devolve into pain that you cause yourself. We're not all faultless creatures. But no, the pain you've gone through and the illnesses you have... The disorders you have, the memories you have, the trauma you have, they only define you as much as you let it define you. And that's easier said than done. What you can have define you is what you do with yourself. Because you couldn't control what happened to you, or what will happen to you, maybe to an extent what is happening to you. But you can control you, and you can define you. Mm -hmm. With either the stuff you make or the person that you want to be. And I know a lot of it just sounds like empty words. But know that the person saying these words that may seem empty have gone through the same thing and has had the same doubts that you may have hearing it. Because I have the same doubts sometimes with me hearing it from other people or myself. But every little bit of time, you believe it more and more. And maybe some days you won't believe it as much, but other days you'll believe it a lot. You define you. Your trauma does not. Other people may have definitions for you, but that's not your definition. Stay creative, stay creating, make the bubble you want to make. Yeah, that was, that was very,
1: very nice. Well said. let a little clap, it <laughs> out. a little clap it out for my sister because that was awesome. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet victory!
3: Yeah. Um. But I'll just leave it because um, we I don't wanna I don't I I don't really wanna say anything after that. I think that's much more well said than just like go to therapy. But just um you know, if <laughs> go to therapy. Um, if you want if you want more tips, um I talk about it a lot um in, in in my collab with Lily about um um what to do if you're in situations where you might not have the outlets, if you can't afford therapy, um you know, aromatherapy is great. Get some candles. You know, whatever you have to do. Um, and it's it. I wish there was a, there was something I could say that makes it easier. But in reality, I think something that I've learned is that you respect yourself more if you survive through it. And you and you didn't think you could, but then you did. And then you're like, "Wow, like I a lesser person maybe would have crumbled with this kind of stuff, this all this stuff
4: mm-hmm.
3: And um, but I didn't. and I found my way through and you know and and the people that 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 put me here you know couldn't own up to their these these actions. and you know that says a lot about them and you know that's kind of my light essentially that I kind of look through is that you know I'm trying I'm still like we're all trying to do good by talking to you the listener about our shit basically in order to to help and you know I try to like even with my videos I try to like help people feel less alone with the things that they like and um it's okay to to be obsessive you know as long as you're you know being healthy about it essentially you know you're not you know and you know it's okay to like drown into fandom stuff as long as you're you know you're still you're not harassing anyone or something or you're using that to create create or meeting people through this or meeting people through um fandom stuff like I think all of us have gained the majority of our friends through fandom, you know, correct me if i'm wrong. Um but yeah, that's i guess i think that's all i wanted to say. So it's it it gets all i can say is really it, it gets it gets better like even though it doesn't feel like it will. And even though some days you just want to die, um if you if you make it through then it it gets better. Um Lauren, do you want to say anything as the the least yeah person
1: here (laughs) um I'm really just gonna have I'm gonna keep it short and sweet be kind to yourself be kind to others just be considerate just you know you sometimes you whether you know what you're going through or or fully understand what you're going through or not just know that not everybody has a full grasp of what they're going through either so I mean we're kind of all just trying to get by day by day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's the truth of it is everybody's just trying to get through every day as best as they possibly can so be kind to yourself and be kind be kind to others because as the saying goes you don't know what other people are going through somebody else could be going through a yeah. day like you are sometimes even worse and you just don't know so just don't just be kind to others as best as you can and um but especially be kind to yourself because it, there's there's only one of you and I know that's an overused phrase the one of you and there's nobody else like you but it's true it just take the best care of yourself as you can because if you can't and if you want to help others you got to make sure you're good too like make sure you're in the best best headspace if you have the best energy to to help others as best as you can as well because we all gotta lean on each other lean on from time me. to time, and that, we're we're humans, we're social creatures, and so we we need support. And if you need to look to somebody else for that support, that's totally fine. Don't feel afraid to do that. Uh, but if you're taking taking care of yourself, again, practice meditation. Take take some walks. Take some practice self care. Aromatherapy, like uh, like KP said, that's a good one. Uh, even burn some incense if you're not allergic to the stuff. <laughs> um, eat uh, your scented, vegetables, scented oils. Eat well. Yes, diet is another thing that that could be a whole other podcast in it of itself. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, watch what you watch, what you eat, what you put into your body. If you're putting in junk, you're gonna get back junk. You're putting in the good stuff, then you're gonna get back the good stuff, and you're gonna feel better about it too. So yeah, exactly. Eating your vegetables and your fruits. No lie, it'll help. Also dark chocolate because the antioxidants will do wonders. So anyway, um, but the uh, but yeah, in the end, make sure you're taking care of yourself as best as you can uh, of all the little things that you like for yourself, you know, that you like to do, that you enjoy, you know, take some time and, and enjoy those things. Take a little time to watch a funny video. Take a little time to read some, read some of your favorite book take a little time
2: cry at some dog pictures yeah do. yeah
1: <laughs> go go find some dog pictures like chrissy get does
2: get your best friend <laughs> get your best friend to send you pictures of her dog so you can cry yeah
1: over which that that is true that is true <laughs>
3: that is that is something I, so i'll do all cute. the time on social Is every time i'm sad and i'll be vocal about when i'm sad just because i think being vulnerable i think helps other people feel comfortable being vulnerable but I'll be like, I'm sad. Send me pictures of your dog. I'm sad. Send me pictures of Discord. You know, stuff. Like- just, just, just do what you can.
2: I I just go to Lauren on Messenger and being like, I need, I need pictures of Phelps. <laughs> I need pictures of the dog, and then she sends me her dopey-eyed little baby. And He's so fat too. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big chumby He's so he's he's a chumby that always smiles and doesn't blink.
1: He's adorable. He's my baby. <laughs> but yeah, I guess to 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 close that out. That's 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 my two senses. Take care of yourself, and once you feel well enough, you can look at help look after other people too. Because we're all trying to lean on each other to get through each day, and especially in tumultuous times as these, you know that's what you gotta do self-care is actually yes self-care is the best care because then that means you're also going to be taking care of other people around you when you're doing well Mm
3: -hmm. yeah yeah i think i think we can we can end there so um yeah subscribe i
2: guess (laughs) (laughs) that's such a weird thing after all this is yeah yeah so smash that like (laughs) button and
1: uh (laughs) <laughs> but yeah uh but if you if you want to listen to more podcasts uh, this is this was a more i guess a more serious podcast so to speak uh but it was good to have because it's a more open forum thing too uh and it was a little bit more relaxed uh but if you want to hear some more of our other episodes check out our youtube check out actually any other streaming site like uh, uh i believe we're like on soundcloud we're on uh we're on, I, all we're on a bunch things. of different We're on all the things. So whatever your streaming platform, (laughs) yeah. If we're on your streaming platform for podcasts, then we're there. And uh, every we we aim to air an episode every Wednesday. So we start with the streaming platforms, and then later on in the day, probably towards evening, we usually have uh, an episode up on our YouTube channel. So you can have some nice visual fun stuffs going on uh, while while you're listening to us ramble so um thank you
2: later in the week you'll just find an eight track tape mysteriously under your welcome mat and then uh but uh and then yeah
1: but yeah it it's uh (laughs) but yeah so if you want to join us for any other episodes we have already lined up we got we had some fantastic guests in the past that you can check out if you haven't checked them out already uh and i wanted to take this moment to thank my little sister for joining us today and um, i'm really glad we got to have like a, a more chill episode with you and to have you on here for your very first time and this will definitely not be the last i can tell you this <laughs> i
2: i hope i i hope so i hope it's not like when i leave the call kp is like floored. we we can't her energy just her she's too serious does not, she does. <laughs> she does not pass the vibe check lauren <laughs> but we're, her we're, vibes are way too chaotic we'll
3: get but back no, to more uh, fun
1: stuff after this i promise <laughs>
2: oh i would i,
3: I would love next, to I next next podcast christy shows you or tells you how to get buff so,
2: no. <laughs> I mean, just that it's like uh it's like that instead of the podcast fan art that I'm going to get for this one, it's just the same face but on like a yeah, f- b- yeah. body, that- just like holding just holding the two of you in my palm like sup. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what no in for the-, the
3: fan server. It's just like like a really buff body but like my horse head on it i'll send you the picture <laughs> after but it's 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 a, it's a work oh, of art but
2: no but no in all seriousness thank you for for having me on this was a topic i was uh i know you guys told me about me being on for this topic a while back and i've been excited to talk about it it's it's very good to have this kind of um open dialogue especially you know my, my job is essentially to be a professional shit poster. <laughs> so to actually have a a long-form, uninterrupted dialogue where I can actually show the more astute side of myself. It's, uh, it's rare, like a rainbow, but it's beautiful. And then it goes away, and then you're like, huh. Meteorology is weird, but... Uh, <laughs> But no, I'm happy to be on, and I can't wait to be on for more, uh, more uh, funny, ha ha, guffaw topics. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, everyone, subscribe, just so you can wait for me to come back. And I will <laughs> come back, editor. I will come back, and I'll have more demands, editor. Tom.
3: Ah, uh, we don't have a Tom. Nice try, though. <laughs>
2: Damn it, uh, uh, Tyler. We have Tyler? No, we don't have
1: Tyler. No.
3: That would be the, the next episode. She's just guessing editor names.
1: <laughs> she's still. <laughs> Years later, she's still guessing.
2: <laughs> Rebecca! Uh, no. <laughs> Those are all the names I know. No one else has any other name. <laughs> but, anyways, this is devolving, so, um. Okay. Subscribe. Yeah, bye,
3: everyone. Get out of here.
2: Yeah.
1: Thank- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the show's We're over, fired. guys. But th- yeah, thank you, thank you guys so shows much. Can-
2: shows canceled. Go we'll get a therapist, <laughs> <highest. laughs> please.
1: Yeah, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others, and have a good night, everybody, or day, depending on what time you're listening to this. Have a good general time of day, whatever it is. <laughs> be kind to yourselves, be kind to others, and good night.
0: Ta-da, ta-da. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favourite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot. And turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.